All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Good afternoon, okay. everybody. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves with John Scott. What's so really glad. funny, John, is that ever since Larry has gone to work remote, he's he messages us every single time and is like, tell John not to yell so loud in the oh, microphone. Oh, really? <laughs> Can't control me. Either that or we're going to have to yell louder. Can't make control up for us. It. Yeah. I'm just excited. We didn't get to talk last week. Tim was on vacation. Now we're back. Tim, how was vacation? I was not on vacation. Where'd oh. you go? Nowhere. That's right. Where'd you go? I didn't go anywhere. You were busy, though. I was busy. I don't know what I was doing, but I'm going to Toronto tomorrow. It's exciting for the Princess Margaret Road Hockey charity event. Should be fun. There's always a lot of alumni there we get to schmooze around with and say hello to, and it'll be a good event. So I'm driving over to Toronto tomorrow for a few nights and then back here. Is this like the last time where you're going to take the money they would have spent on the hotel room for you? Of and course. Then, yeah. Yeah. They'd get there at like 2 in the morning. Uh, they're like, John, where do you Sleeping. want to fly out of? I was like, um, in my bank account. So pay me the money that you're going to pay for the flight and the hotel. Sleep in my car. Mm-hmm. Ching, ching. Sleep in the park. <laughs> yeah. Pee not, out the side of the door. I not, I have no time to sleep in hotels. Park. i got to in and out. Next time you're going to park over like a storm gutter or something. You can just whiz right in the storm gutter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was like, I, I have no time to look for storm drains. No, thanks. But yes, that's what I will be doing. And well, I will have a hotel room one night because it is a, it is a two day event. There's a draft on Friday and the actual game on Saturday, but they did offer to give me a room Saturday night, but I said, no, thanks. Not needed. And I'm just driving back. Gotta go back to the family. I, I got church in the morning. Gotta be back. So I'll be back Saturday night, midnight, hopefully. That's what I'm shooting for. Anyways, big news happened yesterday, Tim. I sent you a text. You did? Of the happening. So they sucked me back in. I received an email this week saying, John, you have premier advanced entry possibilities. General admission won't be until October 1st. Don't miss out on this opportunity. And I'm I'm a sucker for stuff like that, and I bought right in. So I am back in the Ironman race, baby. Ironman 2.0. 2020, here we go. Look out. I was getting my hair cut last week, and my barber's like, 198. I was like, what are you talking about? 
He's like, all right, 198 out of 202. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you finished 198th out of 202 in your age class. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's bad. That's At least you really weren't bad. last. At least I wasn't last. There so I'm going to try to break uh, 150 next year. 197. It's crazy how quickly you forget how miserable you were that day. Oh, I know. And you're like, yeah, sign me up again. I. It was one of those things last night. I was just kind of cleaning up the kitchen. I had some time to myself, which usually doesn't happen, and... I just thought, you know what? If I really apply myself, this will be a lot different than it was this year. Well, you can only do better, right? Well, hopefully. Perfect correlation to like being a dad because there's not a single dad that's like two weeks after the baby's born. It's like, I can't wait to have more of these babies that keep you up all night. Yeah. And then, you know, three months later, you're like, okay. Have you ever done a science experiment where there is the litmus? It's just like, this is the... I set the bar, and so now any there's gosh, it's the constant, right? Yeah, or it's the variable. Yeah, nice Tim. Whoa, whoa, yeah. he just got out of school. You can tell. Wow, I used to be able to just rattle that stuff off, and now I, I can't at all. But yes. I'm like wicked smart, John. Physics. Oh, oh. My gosh. and then he ruins it. Again, I was in such a good mood until then. But anyway, so <laughs> yeah, I signed up for that, and then I also got another email from Tim. Wait, can we back up for a second? No. We what can't. else happened last night? Were you celebrating something? Not last night. Oh yeah, no, it was uh, my family's birthday party for, for me. For you? Yeah, we went to the beach and had a nice little bonfire, and my wife packed some food, and we just kind of ran around the beach for a few hours. It was really fun. Really, really nice night. Once you get older, once you get to a certain age, birthdays aren't as important. It's more for the kids, right? I guess. They, yeah, they're more excited than I am. They, yeah, they love it. So it was fun. It was uh, not necessary, but it was really nice. I don't like to make a big deal out of my own birthday. That's just how I am. That's how I roll. A guy like you. Yeah, I'm just, you know, low key. Not a lot of maintenance. Anyway, so yes, I'm 37 today. Whoa. And, uh, I know, I'm on the down, I'm on the back nine. Wow. I don't think I'll make it to 74. So Ooh, theoretically, I have lived over half of my life. Okay. Why 74? What's the... I just think tall people die earlier. It's like Great Danes. Is that right? I, I don't know. I Bull haven't really done any research on it, but I just assume I am harder on my organs than you guys are. Well, maybe not you, John, but Tim. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> John's a smoker and a drinker. He's very hard on his organs. I am not. I eat a bunch of bad food. Uh, Maybe. Listen... You're you're off carbs though right now. Congratulations! You're right. I am off carbs. Thank you so That's much. That's very exciting. Yep. yep, that is very exciting. But anyway, so I think I'm going to die before 74. So if you look at it, I'm on the back nine. Sad, a little bit. I always look at things in decades. Like what have what have I accomplished in my decade? In the 20s, you know, I did okay. In the 30s, I'm doing pretty well in my 30s so far. So trending, I have three trending more upward. Yeah. yeah. Well. I think I've kind of plateaued in my 30s. I've had all my kids for now. Hockey <laughs> career was great. Now I'm like, you know, I guess a slight upward tick. Yeah. But who knows? It could take off. If I win the Ironman next year, can you imagine? Could you First place? Imagine. Retired NHL player wins Ironman. Six foot yeah. eight, 270 pounds, Ironman champion. Should be the first one to cross the finish with the pros. Oh, my word. And imagine if I started half an hour behind them and I won. <gasps> I was texting Tim during your Ironman, and he was like, people are finishing right now. I, know. <laughs> I was like, there's no way. It <laughs> was just one of the, the most humbling moments of my life. 
Yeah, I can it was imagine. Very, very just eye opening. How out of shape I have gotten, or how in shape other people are. I don't know. Or just how much Iron Man really doesn't measure your fitness level. It's just you're really good at those three things. Yeah, it's also the mental will, too. Mentally, right? I think I was on point. If I wasn't mentally strong, I wouldn't have finished. Uh, I'm not mentally strong at all. I know. <laughs> I ran two miles the other day. I was so mad. Oh, nice. Good for you. Yeah. What were you running from? <laughs> the cops. <laughs> I ran from this group of little kids. They were really fast. They were really mean. <laughs> they were calling me names. I was scared. But anyways, so that's that. And now we're on to Tim's email. Tim, Ooh. when we don't tape a week, he gets very antsy and edgy, and he gets really excited. I'm surprised he didn't write a letter. I know. Well, he did an email. He said, this I did. Week, I mailed it yesterday, though, so you won't get it. This is what we're going to talk about. And he sent me a, a two-page email of all the things we're going to talk about today. Suggestion. It's your show, John. It's no. just... Yeah. Well, it's a guideline. Let's, it's not, let's, a, it's let's not a mandate. I, I love the list. We were talking about Matthews. <coughs> yeah. Should we touch on that? Let's do it. I don't have a lot to say about it, though. Ben. So Austin Matthews, arguably the face of the NHL right now, um, superstar player from Toronto. He was back home this summer, and he probably had a little too much to drink, and I'm guessing he lives in a gated community. And he's like 21, 22. He's young. Young yeah. kid, and he probably got home. In these gated communities, they have security guards to drive around. And so I'm guessing he's familiar with the security guards. He's probably lived there for a few years. He got in the car. Of the security guard. And so the the security guard happened to be a female. She didn't say anything at the time, but she pressed charges the next night or the next day, I believe. So nothing physical happened. He didn't, like, say anything. Not not that I know of. Allegedly, he just got in the car and then got right out. Did she, like, stop? She probably stopped to, like, say, hey, what's going on or something. I'm, I'm guessing he said, hey. Can you give me a ride to my house? Yeah. Because I'm guessing he got dropped off at the gates by the Uber. And then you have to press the code to get into your yeah. community. Because I lived in one of those when we were in Houston. And it's one of those deals where there's gates. You have to like, unless you have your fob in your car and he took an Uber. So you have to press the code on the gate. Anyways, I think he could have been smarter about it. But 21, you know, it is. he won't get in any trouble from the league. It's a minor infraction. It's just sad. It's one of those things, like, as a kid, you just sort of ignore and hope it's going to go away on its own. That's like, kind of the rationale you deal with the problems like that. And obviously it didn't, because uh, I'm sure the Maple Leafs aren't happy about finding this out on Twitter. But that's what happened, apparently. Yeah, he should have at least told his agent. That That's what you should do. Tell your agent, and he tells the team. You're not going to call your GM yeah. the morning after and say, hey, I might get in trouble for something. I was really drunk last night. Yeah. No, you tell your agent heads up, you know, something might happen and he he'll kind of put some fires out with the organization, but it's just a sign of the times. You can't everybody's trying to sue everybody else and you you can't do anything without having a lawsuit slapped in your face if you have any kind of money. How much of that like happens in the NHL with guys just like young guys, they got money, they're in VIP rooms, they're doing, you know, whatever they want pretty much. Are there a lot of situations in the morning where teams are dealing with the cops or lawyers or things like that? Where or is it sort of all hush-hush? I think the stuff that does get out, that's what happens. Like the Patrick Kane incidents, the Evander Kane, the, the stuff. Any Everything that happens usually does get out. There are some things that are, I think, more serious that like are drug-related that don't get out. But for the most part, things do get out. Yeah. Like if some guys... Like, 
got a bad drug issue or he's like hooked on opioids and you know he has an episode that stuff is usually kept under wraps but, but for the most part everything gets out there that you know yeah. happens so you know it's just a sign of the times so speaking of the Leafs the uh, Marner deal is not looking too great right now is I told it? you yeah <laughs> did I disagree with you well and the Barry deal too the Barry deal is great yeah not really but anyways yes the Marner deal is going to blow up in their face yeah it is going to cause massive, massive issues very soon. And it just, it looks even worse with the, the latest three signings with Bozer, Point, and Kachuk, who gave a little, you know, back to the team. Yeah, all three of they them. They didn't try to hit a home run or a grand slam. They just, you know, signed for good money. Right. But let the team have enough, you know, room to sign some other players. Who knows? Is Marner selfish? Or is he... Just trying to squeeze every drop that he can out of the Leafs. Like, do I don't th- blame him for doing what he did. Do you think those guys looked at the Marner deal and said to their agent, like, I, that's what I want? Oh, for sure. And the agent said, like, there's no way we're getting that. The Leafs are idiots. It's either that or Dubas is just a terrible negotiator. Yeah. And he doesn't have the spine or backbone to stand up to a player and say, hey, I'm not signing you. Sorry. Like, this is, you're not going to get, what do you get, 10 points something a year? For six years. Yep. So, I, yeah. It, it looks bad for Dubas. Dubas? Seabass and the boys? I said Dubas, and someone corrected me on Twitter, said so Dubas. Dubas? How did Apparently. they correct you on Twitter? Yeah. I, I have fans. Did they record it? John? And then they... No, they just told me, like, they spelled it... Uh, phonetically? Yeah. Phonetically. phonetically. And yeah, that guy is probably a super, Yeah, he's the authority on how to say his name. That's his dad. He also sounds fun to hang out with, too. Yeah. Do their agents do most of all that with, like, they're doing all the negotiation? Every negotiation goes through the agent. Sure, but are they primarily, like, do the players, are they keeping up with what all the stuff means? I mean, because some of those contracts are pretty detailed. Yeah, for the most part, the agents just give them the dumbed-down version. They say, okay, you are going to sign for six years, 60 million, no trade clause. That's about it. Mm-hmm. And then all the bonuses, all the extra stuff, all because people put in parent travel, they put in bonuses, they put in different clauses. That's kind of the, the agent will fill them in after the fact. But mm-hmm. the players just want to know how much they make, how long, and if I have a no trade clause. Mm-hmm. That's about it. It's it's uh, there's not really much to negotiate. The synopsis, they yeah, want the, the quick. But yeah. no, it it does make it makes those three guys look like good guys. Yep. Just to give their team a little bit of a break, it makes it it just paints Marner in a bad light, which I don't like. Because hey, if you can get it, go for it. Everyone said I shouldn't even had one way deals, and I said, hey, they're handing them out. I'll take, I'm taking them. Yep. But it, it just makes Dubas, Dubas, no, whatever. <laughs> What's his first name? Kyle. Carl. Kyle. It makes Kyle. 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 It makes Kyle just look like a terrible negotiator. Yeah. Where he just. Didn't want to look bad. He was getting pressured from the fans in Toronto. And maybe he doesn't have the backbone to kind of stand up and say, listen, the Lou Lamarino type of guy who can just say, fine, you can sit out all year. Fine with me, buddy boy. You don't want to play? You want $10 million? Not from me. No, he just he kind of caved. Looks bad for him. Looks bad for the Leafs. I don't mind it. I don't like the Leafs. Good. Yeah, me neither. Good. There's, there's three holdouts still. Three notable holdouts. Line A. Yep. Who else? Kyle Connor. Never heard of Both him. of the Jets. Young stud and uh, Miko Rantanen from Avalanche. Uh, Rantanen, I heard, is in a tough, tough spot. Yeah, they, on Twitter they said it's not close. Yeah, not close at all. Have you heard something else beyond that? No, I heard he's just going to stay in Europe and really? not uh, come home, not come over. 
But those European guys, they get in front of the, the microphone in Europe and they just, I don't, it's funny. It's like they don't think people are going to translate what they say. <laughs> yeah. And the news is not going to make it back to their, to- their know, town. Like 1800s. It's so funny. It, it happens so often where they give an art, like an interview in Sweden or Finland or something or Russia. And they're just like, uh, just talk, like Line A gave an interview about his line mates. He's like, yeah. I don't play with the best players. Yep. Like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Like, you're not, like, this is getting back to Winnipeg for sure. And um, I don't know. What Line A did is very eye opening. Because when players do interviews, they are very calculated usually. They know what's coming out of their mouth. He is frustrated with Winnipeg. Sure. I don't like what's going on in Winnipeg. I thought they should have won the Cup the last two years. They have the talent. It is slowly – there are cracks showing in that organization right now. Right, because, well, they they traded Truba. Yep. And then Bufflin Bufflin, might not come back. I don't think he will. No? I've talked to a few people – because I used to train with Buff in the summer, and we, we have a pretty good relationship. And there had been rumblings because he didn't really show up this summer to train. And I reached out to some people, and they just said he is fed up with it. He doesn't want to deal with the criticism, especially in Winnipeg, in that small market where everybody and their brother and their uncle focuses on the Jets. And Buff sticks out there like a sore thumb. Yeah. He is just so recognizable. And what he went through the last few years with his weight and his training and just his commitment level, it wears on you. And he's the type of guy who he he thrives when he gets positive um, affirmation. He loves it when people are patting him on the back saying, great job, you're killing it, we love you. When he was in Chicago, that's all he got. Yep. People were just like loving on him. And he could go out and grab a bite to eat and not like be inundated with fans asking him questions like, what's going on with this guy? What are you doing? Why haven't you scored on the power play? What's, what's happening? Is something wrong? That is not good for him. He likes to just blend in. Like his ideal day is to go take the boat and fish all day and not see anybody. So he's not a guy who likes to be under the microscope 24-7, and that's how it is in Winnipeg. And when it's negative stuff, when he has to go to the grocery store and answer Question from Bob, the the checkout guy. What's wrong? You haven't, you know, been burying guys like you've like that is not his type of scene, and I I, I totally get it. So do you think he's gonna retire? I think he's done. I I honestly think he's done. He's he's made his money, and he's not the type of guy who has this burning passion for hockey. He really doesn't, and that's not a shot at him. That's just his personality. He just doesn't. It is not his life. It was his job. He was a heck of a good hockey player. But it's not his passion in life, so I could totally see him just calling it a career. What about like a like a new team, new city where that's not the case? We can lay under the radar a little bit, like uh, Carolina. You never know. He would not. Yeah, I don't think anybody would like Carolina. But it's. Uh, I don't think so. I think he has played. What's it? 10, 12 years, probably. Yeah. He's done his time. He's you know, especially with the injuries now, his concussion. His body's wearing down, and I'm guessing this summer he just did not want to do it. He he he's the type where when the season's over, he his body doesn't stay in hockey shape. It, it goes to off season shape. I I didn't have that issue. I I stayed in relatively close to hockey shape the whole summer, and I wasn't trying to do that. I just have that body type where I don't gain weight very easily. He gains weight pretty easily. Yeah. And it's harder for him to get back. And when you get older and you have injuries and it's harder to train and you have kids and you have other responsibilities, 
the idea of going to the gym or going to Winnipeg and, you know, training and then having to deal with questions every single day. Oh, how much you weigh in these days? It's like, come on, man. Give me a break. I kind of wonder, too, like, you know, people obviously forget that these are real people with real yeah. emotions and everything. So, like, if he sees the end of his career on the horizon, knows it's coming in the next couple of years, and then everyone thought the Jets were going to win, right? Everyone was putting him up at least to make a cup run. So he put all his, his emotional energy into that. And when it comes, when it is taken away from him, he's like, I can't do this again. Yeah. Like, I, I can't I can't do this from the, from the beginning. And he doesn't have very, like, a person or guys who are really good friends on the team. The, he has teammates who he has played with for years, but they're not great, great friends. So it's not like he has that pull of friendship to bring him back. You know what I mean? That's interesting. So there's I, – I, I shouldn't – talk too much but like a lot of the guys on winnipegs are like nerds (laughs) where they're like well it happened two years ago with the Fortnite, the video games yeah where the coach had to say something that is not buff he is not a video game guy he is an after the game let's go out and grab a couple beers and just hang out he's gonna throw a dip in and we're just gonna talk and have some fun that is there's nobody on the jets that he can do that with everybody wants to get undressed get showered Go back into their room and close the door and play video games. <laughs> so they're all geeks, and he doesn't have an attachment to anybody. You know what I mean? So that's another factor. Where if he had four or five really good friends in that team, he probably would come back. He would have that support system to feel comfortable to go back there. But I don't think he has that there. And I've heard that. I've reached out to a few different people, and I've I've heard that. So you know, it's it's too bad. He's one of the premier. Got, we were just talking about that. It's so funny with yeah. uh, Andrew Luck, and now we have it. Dustin Bufflin, arguably one of the top defensemen in the league, has an injury, does not want to come back and play for a number of reasons. So far, and who knows, he could change his mind next week. I don't see it happening. The season's starting. He's already so far behind. And right. we'll see where it goes from here. I don't see him coming anytime soon, but who knows? He could show up tomorrow. You never know. You never know. Hey guys, this is Tim from Dropping the Gloves. We're going to get back to the show in just one minute, but first we have to pay the bills. You know how it is. So just really quick. If you're a marketer or a small business owner, our team here at Web Canopy Studio totally understands the struggles of passing qualified leads to your sales team. At Web Canopy Studio, we do so much more than produce this awesome podcast. We're also a full-service marketing and website development company, and we help brands attract the right kind of audience to their website and convert them into paying customers. Basically, we work with marketers and salespeople to help close more revenue. So today, if you visit our site at webcanopystudio.com, we have a series of free playbooks available for download, which go over everything you should actively be doing in your sales, website, and content strategy to get started in the right direction. We have a ton of other resources and case studies on our website about how we help brands like Tritonware, a swimming technology company, Increase their qualified leads by four times and close over twice as many new deals in just six months. And hey, if you really need some help, you, you might get to work with me, which would be pretty cool. Go to webcanopystudio.com to learn more and start growing your business. And now, back to the show. But yeah, it is, uh, 
it's sad when one of the best best players in the league doesn't show up. He's so fun to watch. He is one of the more entertaining guys to watch. He's so big. You're like, how does he move like that? And he's all over the ice. And the Bruins don't play him very much, but when I watch oh those Jets gosh. games... It he always just... comes back to the Bruins. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I only get to watch him once or twice a year at the most, but he flies around. Like, he's on a rush, and you think you have two-on-one going the other way, and he'll come back and catch the guy. It's yeah. just crazy. It's amazing. It's it's amazing because he's like 270 pounds. Yeah. But he he just skates like the wind. It's when I was doing the All Star. Did you know I was in the All Star game? You were. Yeah, what 2000. Was it was a small little thing. Anyways, I picked him to be in fastest skater. And oh, everybody really? was like, no, no, you can't do that. And I was like, watch, he's going to win this son of a gun. And he almost won. His only thing is his start. His first 10 feet is slower than, uh, what's his name? Larkin. Well, yeah. Because Larkin yeah. weighs 100 pounds less. Larkin broke a record that year. Asterix. He did not break a record. If you watched when... Who held the record? McDavid? Yeah, I don't so know. So McDavid starts from a standstill. Larkin got a whole um, zone buildup before he started. Oh, really? So watch the two tapes. That's why Larkin is faster, but he's not. Okay. If you give Bufflin a half a zone to get warmed up, he'll beat anybody in the league. He's like he a train, gets, yeah. Once he gets going... Oh, man. I've had some collisions with him where I'm just like sore. <laughs> like I just leave the rink sore because like I, I'll make it a goal. I'm like I'm going to knock down Buff tonight. And we're pretty good friends. So I know him and I'm like, I'm going to knock him down. I'm going to talk about it all summer. <laughs> and so that'll be my goal when I play. That, that was my goal when I played Winnipeg. Catch him off guard, knock him down, and I can like chirp him all summer about it. <laughs> and he would just punish me. Just absolutely punish me. It was great. So anyways, uh, poor guy. I feel for him. You hate to see someone in that situation. I hope he's doing okay. I tried to reach out, but he didn't really respond. So whatever. What are you going to do? Clearly going through something. Yeah, it's it's too bad. Mm, feel bad for him. Hope he's doing good. Anyways, the Stanley Cup champs arguably get another top 10 D. Yeah. Falk. Falk. Big deal. I didn't realize how young he is. It feels like he's been in the league for so long. He's only 28. He's been in the league for 10 years. I think yeah. he got here when he was 18. Yeah. Yeah, he does feel like a guy who's been around. I'm like, what is he, 32, 33? He's 28. He's 28 years and old. Entering his prime. Yep. Um, and then they signed him immediately to a seven-year deal, which is interesting because Petrangelo's deal is up this year. He's their captain. He's been their guy for, again, a decade. Yep. I don't know that it means he's out the door or it makes it that much harder to sign him, probably. I right? love what St. Louis does. Yeah. They just reload and they're not, they're the New England Patriots. They really are. They don't value, they, they value um, loyalty, but they don't overvalue it. Yeah. They know Peter, An- Peter Angelo is getting older. So he's not going to be the top guy like he used to be. They're bringing in this guy, Falk. He's the next guy who's going to take over that D Corps. He will be the number one defenseman there in a few years. Yeah. Peter Angelo, if he sticks around, he'll still be two, two, three. But the Falk is the real deal. But they have they have Pareko, too, who's awesome. Yeah, he's not a one-two guy, I think. I think he's a three-four. I think he, he's more suited for the three-four role where he really excels. He can, he can yeah. handle the team's second line. He's he's just a really big guy. It's hard yeah. to handle guys like McDavid and Dreinsidel and those top-end guys who are smaller and faster for a big big dude like that. So I love this move. Yeah. I absolutely love this move by St. Louis. What do you think? So Carlo, uh, how do you say his last name? Koliakovo? Yeah. Uh, tweeted out the, the, like the day of a trade that he thinks Petrangelo is probably pissed about it. But because, why? Because it means that he's not going to be the go-to guy anymore. They don't trust him to be the run quarterback, the, the power play anymore. They don't, I, I don't know. Most people were chirping him pretty back, pretty hard about yeah, it. Yeah, tell Koliakovo when. That's why he's a baby, Koliakovo. <laughs> yeah. No, if, if you are, if you get your 
feelings bruised because you acquire a really good player. Yeah. Something wrong with you. All right. Like, deal with it. You're a great defenseman. You just won the cup. Like, wang. You got another all-star defenseman. Life is tough. Yeah. Yeah. Did people, did Burnsy complain when they got Carlson? That's the comparison I was just going to draw. Probably not, right? No. You might be upset to yourself, but it just hopefully drives you more to be a better player. Like, yeah. I'm still going to be the best defenseman on this team. Even though we got Carlson, even though we got Falk, this is my team. I run this team. You're going to you know, take a back seat to me. That's what makes people better. What doesn't make you better is, oh, someone's better than me. Oh, I'm not going to try. <laughs> Those guys get weeded out pretty quick. Yeah. So, And he's a captain, too. I don't think he's going to be that guy. I, I didn't like that tweet either. But. Yeah, Koliakovo. What did he ever do? <laughs> no, did he ever make an all-star game? I don't know. Why are we even talking about him? <laughs> the only reason like, he came up recently on... on uh, <laughs> Twitter yeah. a lot. Like, I only talk about all stars, Tim. Did you know I was an all star? Boom. I did. MVP, Tim. Dropping some knowledge on you. I did not know. So, what were you going to say about Koliakovi? Well, just uh, when Billy Garen got hired by the Wild a couple weeks ago, all these uh, video highlights came up about Koliakovi dropping on a big open ice hit. Whatever, on 15 years ago. And that was like his career highlight is, is that hit on Garen. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. But people were asking him about it. So. That's about it. Who cares? Great. Guy had a good hit one year. Awesome. Good for him. Hope he does well. Hope he keeps tweeting out negative stuff. I love it. Okay. Next on the list. I'm just running down these tabs, Tim. They're great. Doing doing it. If you have a hockey podcast, you need to get a hold of Tim. He will set you up with content. If you tape every other week, so you got to give him two weeks to get all fired up, he will send you an email. No, this is the new normal. We're doing this every time now. This is not a TV show. I don't know. They got canceled. They got canceled. Oh, maybe that's the new name of our podcast. Oh the, new the new normal. The new normal. Maybe. What's not. what's next on the list, John? Ryan Callahan from O'Callahan Motors. <laughs> I understood is, that reference. Yes, Tommy boy. He is hired at an NH, as an NHL network analyst. I well, when I when I heard the news, I thought it was interesting because He's a guy who never had more than 54 points. I looked at it. He, he had 54 exactly. Never an all-star. Twice. Never an all-star. Two-time Olympian, though. For um, USA. <laughs> yeah. Silver <laughs> medalist one year. They asked me to be on their Olympic team. I was like, I'm holding out for Canada. Oh, right. Sorry, USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he was obviously a captain of the Rangers for a few years, too. And it's, I thought it was interesting because a guy who is not like... He's not the typical profile of a captain or an Olympian based on his, his statistical performance. So. He is a do-it-all, do-whatever-it-takes-to-win type of guy. He's the guy, yeah, not a typical captain, not flashy, doesn't really speak or talk a lot in the locker room to the media, not a very glitz and glamour guy. When you think of captains around the league, you think of their top scorer, you think of their best defenseman. He was neither of those. There was He was not even a first-line guy. Yeah, he was captain on the third line. Yeah, and I, I really enjoyed my time with him. I was only there for a few months, but he was a great captain. He did whatever it took to win, blocking shots, killing penalties, and did not have an ego about himself. Didn't care that he wasn't on the power play unit. Didn't care that he wasn't on first line. He just wanted the team to win. He, he's a great guy. Loved him. So I... I like this. I don't know how interesting he is, you know, to be honest with you. So we'll see how it goes. I hope he has. I'm not going to watch it. Who am I kidding? But I hope he does well. (laughs) Yeah. I I think they need a little personality in there. I don't know who they even have, but. How about you? I would not move there. So if they can do it via satellite from Traverse City, I'd be more than happy to. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to do that. 
So before we talk about the next topic, I want to bring up uh, a thread on Twitter that someone tweeted at you yesterday. I don't know. If, have you seen it yet? I have not seen it. I am Twitter active. Not yesterday. <laughs> well, it was your birthday. It My makes birthday, sense. I was busy. I tweet a lot, but so, I was off of it yesterday. It's a really nice thread from a kid named Nicholas. I'm going to butcher this last name. Bruska Corum. Bruska Corum. Um, I'm just going to read Sorry, this. Sorry, Nicholas. I'm going to read this to you right now. Am I going to cry? Should I be prepared? It's pretty good. Oh, oh my So, at John Scott, happy birthday. Hope we both can enjoy our, our birthday today. Her birthday was oh. also. Um, happy birthday. So, for our birthday, I have a story to tell you about how you changed my hockey career when you played down in Houston. Want to hear? Question mark. It all started back in the 08-09 season. You had just spent time with Minnesota and was sent down to Houston. My high school hockey team was dead last in the standings, and my dad had just been laid off on a job that brought us from Houston to Minnesota. Brought us to Houston from Minnesota. You crying already? No, I was clearing my nose. <laughs> Houston goes on to make the playoffs, but my team does not. At my last game of the season, my dad tells me it could be my last game ever due to our family's financial struggles. I go out there, and the first shift, I break my stick on a shot. Next shift, I get in a fight. Last shift of the game, I break up my I break my backup stick. Now I have no stick. I'm in trouble for fighting and may never play hockey again. A month later, my dad and I get invited to attend Game Six of the Conference Finals by a friend. Arrows lost, and you're and you're eliminated. And you dress, but you didn't play. Do you remember this game? Yep. Um, as you walk down the tunnel, you hand me your stick, an RBKO stick. Yeah. Did you use that one? I believe. I'm all excited. I look down, and it's lefty just like me. I go to my dad and show him. He's impressed, and as we're leaving, the gentleman, a gentleman comes up and starts talking to, a, talking to us about the stick. My dad and him continue to talk, and it ends up this guy owned a bank in Houston, and he ended up connecting with my dad. My dad now has a new job the following week, all because of your stick that started the conversation. Wow. So my dad has a new job, which means I can finally, finally play hockey, right? My parents said I could, but over the next two months, I grew from 5'10 to 6'3. None of my equipment fit anymore. I had no stick and really didn't look good for me. What happened to the stick I gave him? My parents tell me if I want to play, I have to get a job, which I did. I saved up all my money, bought all my equipment, except I still needed a stick. He didn't want to use your stick. It's like a prize. He probably was probably up on the wall or something. There's a lot of goals left in that stick. <laughs> so now, Houston doesn't have a lot of places to buy sticks, and the ones they do are overpriced. I end up using the stick you gave me. It was an inch or two too... St- an inch or two too tall for me, but I didn't mind. First game of the season, I scored a hat trick. The second game of the season, I had a beautiful snip from the point. The thing Snipe. is, I'm not a goal. He said snip. I'm not a goal. The kids, yeah. The kids, John. The kids these days. Oh, my word. I'm not a goal scorer. I was an enforcer. I started to put up these numbers in both points and penalty minutes. It was crazy. One minute I'd be scoring, the next I'd be in the box. Is this Austin Matthews? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that stick. It was the funniest season of my life. Years after I continued to follow your career, I wanted to support the big goon that shared my birthday with me that changed my life. What you did for me brought joy, my family and I so much joy. Tim's crying. No. <laughs> now I'm a teacher, and every year on our birthday, I take the time to tell the story of how someone can impact someone's life by a small gesture and never realize it. So happy birthday, John Scott. Thanks for being such a kind-hearted hockey player. Hope you enjoy your day. We should send him another stick. That's send so him cool. a stick. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That is really cool. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah, and it's yeah. I I didn't even expect uh, that to happen. That's so neat. Yeah, speechless. That's really really cool. I'm glad that guy sent that. So yeah. thank you. And it kind of like all all the little moments you guys give a puck or stick or a pair of gloves to someone. You just 
it's so nothing to you, but it just makes their, they'll tell that story for the rest of their lives. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm glad he sent that. that. Yeah, it does show you anything you do. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. You know, it goes a long way. This little little niceties that don't mean much to you could mean anything. You don't know what anybody else was going through. Yep. Because 50 times before that, kids would ask me for a stick, and I'd say, no, I need it to play. <laughs> but then he just kind of hit me on the right time, and I said, yeah, take it. Yep. That's so funny. Wow. Well, I'm glad everything worked out for him. That's great. Yeah, it, that's so cool. Man, oh, man. Speechless. Nice. Good one, Tim. Good yeah. one, Tim. Thanks, Nicholas. Tim, Nicholas. Do you nice. need a minute? Do you, you, can we continue? I think I'm good. It's a little verklempt. <laughs> I think I'm good. You yeah. good? That's a, that's a very nice story. Yeah. It makes me feel good. You get those a lot. You get emails all the time. I mean, people yeah. always got their, their special yeah. John Scott stories. I touched a lot of people. <laughs> Not that way. Touch their hearts. John touch Scott. Their hearts. Touch their hearts. Don't take this. No, but you, you, And that's the thing, I think, as a professional athlete, you do have that kind of stature. People look up to you, and you have to, you know, do the right thing. Sign everybody's autograph. I, I always tried to sign everybody. If I had a stick, I would give it to you. If I wasn't using it that night, you know, just I was that kid at one point. I wanted an autograph. Why not? Just take the extra. Mind you, I'm not Patrick Kane or someone Ovechkin who has thousands of autographs. But, yeah. you know, it doesn't take long to sign a couple autographs. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. What's next, Tim? No so one's ever season... asked me for my autograph, John. Anyways, what's <laughs> next, Tim? <laughs> Season starts in less than a week, I think. It's very exciting. I'm excited. Yeah. So what's it like if you're if you're a player still in the in the league? What's this time of year like? Especially like comparing guys who know they they're on the team versus guys that are right on the fringe, right? That are still have maybe haven't been cut yet. The final cuts haven't come through. Yeah. What's so this, what's at it like? this point, there's probably two preseason games left. Yeah. The roster is mostly solidified. There's maybe one or two spots that are still up for grabs. The guys who know they're on the team, they've just been ramping up the whole preseason. They don't really try too hard during the preseason. They get ready for game one. They don't really care too much about the preseason. The guys who are on the bubble, I was there. I was the last cut my second camp. My first camp, I was like the, one of the last five or six cuts. But it's nerve-wracking. They, they usually dress you in two different rooms where you have the NHL locker room where all the guys on one-way contracts are in there. Then all the prospects are in the other room. And so slowly but surely during camp, the numbers dwindle from that prospects room. It goes from there's two rooms, 40, then it goes down to 30, 20, 15, 10. Then by the end of camp, there's only two or three guys dressing in that room. And in the main locker room, there's probably 21 guys and there's room for 23. Yep. So you're looking at these guys in the other room and you're just like, whoa, like it's it is getting very real where I could be in the NHL. So it, it's pretty nerve-wracking, but it's also exciting because you go to the rink and you know that guy across from you, whoever has a good game, is going to make the team, most likely. So it, it's a pretty cool atmosphere to be around, and it, it's just exciting for the young kids. Like this is – they're one step away from their dream that they've thought about their whole life. And there's some guys who have been in AHL for years and years, and they – you know, I'm one game away. If I have a good game, I could crack the roster. So it's it's a pretty – it's a pretty neat time of the year. The last two preseason games are, it's crazy. It's like the last preseason game in the NFL. Yeah. It's who's going to be that last guy to make the team and who's going to be the last guy cut. What about the flip side of that where you've already had, you know, a few years in the league, you've already been established, but you kind of wonder is like, is that it for me? Am I going to be cut and my career's over? Yeah. I was never really worried about, because once you sign that contract a one way, you pretty much know you're on the team. Yeah. Unless you really, really, really come into camp out of shape. 
you're pretty much guaranteed an opening day spot. So I was never nervous once I hit year four, five, six, seven, eight that I was going to be cut. But you still you saw the kids who were coming up and you're like, okay, I need to like make sure I'm on my game or this and that. But yeah, you you ramp up your training and your preparation for game one. You don't really try your hardest in the preseason. You try different things. You try to get the systems down, get comfortable with your D partner or your line mates, work on some power play things. That is what preseason's for for the vets. They they play one or two games, then they're ready for game one. And what about like in your role when you see the kids coming up or the guys, the new guys they bring in in the offseason? Are you only looking, are you only threatened by other fighters? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So if I see a fighter, I'll just eye him up, make sure, you know, he's not any threat. And if he is, I remember in Chicago, the one thing I did make a mistake, I should have fought Brandon Bolig when I was with Chicago. It was my second year. And it was uh, a scrimmage between the teams, the Chicago, like, inter-squad scrimmage. And he asked me to fight. And I was like, man, I don't really want to fight. It's camp. And I should have fought him. I should have fought him and dummied him and just set the tone. But I didn't. I, for some reason, just said, you know, we're in camp. You know, let's just, you know, we're teammates. Let's not fight. And I should have. I made that mistake. Just because it was probably the first week of camp. I was still getting into it. I didn't really want to fight him. That was the pretty much the answer. But why, but why should you have, though? Because I sh- I, it would have set the tone with the management, saying this guy is nowhere near John. Because later on that season, I got traded, and he came up and took my spot. But if I would have buried him, they would have said, well, okay, John's much better than this guy. But that, that, was, that was my one regret in a training camp where I should have I uh, accepted his offer to fight. And he never would have played for Torts, though. And Yeah, another <laughs> reason why I should have. Well, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, you can always look back and say, what if he could have beat me up, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you never know how it would have went. But I should have. I, I regret not saying yes when he um, asked to fight me. Someone else fought that shift. Andrew Shaw fought um, Dan Carcillo. Because me, me and Carbon were on a team, and it was Shaw and Bowley were on the other team. And they both asked us. Both both asked us to fight at the drop of the puck. And Shazi said yes to Carbom, and then I didn't say yes to Bowley. So... My bad. Yeah, live and learn. Live and learn. So what else is happening this time of year? Are there like, like goals being set for every team? Does everyone know? It's. Uh, I guess it depends. I've been on both sides of it where you go into camp and you expect to win the Stanley Cup, and other times you go into camp and you know you're going to be last place. Like this, you don't expect much. When I was with Arizona, they were just like, let's just keep it close. Let's keep it competitive. There really there wasn't many expectations, so... So even in preseason, you can't be like, you know what, let's have a good year and try to get that eighth spot or just like sneak into the playoffs. That's no, that no. wasn't even said. They, really? What's said is let's build, you know, and they literally said that you have a meeting and the GM will say, listen, we have a lot of young guys. We're rebuilding. We expect a lot of you, but let's, you know, let's try to get better. No one was under the, you know, no one was naive. Like yeah. we're going to compete for the Stanley cup. But when I was with Chicago, that was what everybody talked about. We are the defending cup champs. Let's go out and win the cup again. Like this is, this is real. We are going to win the cup again. So, there were expectations. They said we want. They do it in ten game segments. We want to go seven and three every ten game segment. So, it's just different, different uh, organizations at different times. I'm sure this coming year, St. Louis, they'll prepare differently than they did last year. They're the defending cup champions, and you have a huge target on your back. Every time you go into a rink, everyone gears up for the cup champion. So. Yeah, they're gonna they'll have a rougher road than they did last year. I saw a cool thing on Twitter that the Blues don't have any reference to the Stanley Cup in their locker room or building. 
like where the players are. And oh, said no kidding. Yeah, because like it's that's in the past where we moved on. We're that's th- different. That is very rare. Usually teams have it plastered everywhere. Like especially St. Louis, they've never won it. You think they would yeah. just like be? I'm sure on the concourse it's everywhere, but yeah, 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 but not the lock, the dressing room or the. I like that. I yeah. wonder if that was Falk's idea. It's very. <laughs> it might have been. It's very uh, Patriots like. Oh my gosh. You made the reference. You made it. I know. But yeah, it, well, the Patriots have their rings plastered everywhere, I'd imagine. It's hard they're to so, hide them. There's so many of so them. so full of themselves. <laughs> Not this year. Bills are 3-0. and Can you believe it? Bills uh, are first place in the AFC East. Any predictions? They're playing each other this weekend. I know. I'm going, well, it's in New England, which will be tricky. So I think the, the Bills, if they were at home, they'd probably win by 14. I think they'll win by seven. I think they'll win by seven. They're getting Singletary back. You want to bet? Nice. Bet what? You Anything. don't like to bet. Breakfast? What was our other bet we were going to do? I don't know. We can go back and listen. We have sure. to re-listen. I think we have a couple bets on the go right now. You have a lot. Yeah, you guys went through a bunch. So if, if anyone other than the Patriots wins the Super Bowl, I have to buy you That breakfast. is the bet. I yeah. like oh, yeah, it. Oh, yeah, because you had the field. I have the field. Now, no. are you nervous? No. Their fullback is hurt. <laughs> they just lost Ooh. Antonio Brown. Yeah, right. He, they did lose him. He's gone. I know they lost him. I'm not worried about it. Edelman is done for the year. Their, their defense hasn't let up a touchdown yet. They've played Miami. They've played the Jets. You can't control who yeah. you play against. They've played Pop Warner teams. You can control who you pummel, though. I, and get, I will bet you they give up a touchdown this weekend. They probably will. Oh, not confident. They're not, gonna, not too confident anymore, They're not going to lose. Oh, want to bet? Yeah. Okay. Breakfast. Open. Um. Yes. Breakfast. Breakfast. Done. Uh, done. I think the Bills will win. Yeah. I okay. like the Bills. Okay. I like them a lot. Well, you heard it here first. My fantasy team's three and zero. I must know something. Must be doing something right. Are there any other like rituals or traditions this time of year that maybe fans don't know about for the players? Do we still have to keep talking about hockey? We just <sighs> got in fantasy football mode. I, I'm totally switched. All right. But rituals I'm to put, us, put us back on track here. Rituals? No. No, I don't think so. I've never. I'm sure there's personal rituals that guys do, but for a team, yeah, like um, they'll go out for a team dinner beforehand. Usually, if you're on the road, you'll grab a team dinner just to kind of because there's a lot of people who don't know each other. In camp, you do get a chance to mingle with people, but not really that much because you're just at the rink getting drilled with new plays, new systems. You don't have time to kind of sit around and shoot the breeze with people. So. Go out, grab a bite to eat, you know, say hello, have a couple glasses of wine, you know, build that team team camaraderie. Yeah. Stuff like that, which is very important these days. And then maybe these days, the Winnipeg Jets, they can play a game of uh, Call of Duty. Or Fortnite. And maybe get the headset so they can talk to each other and say, oh, <laughs> is flank, that the, that's flank what they me, say? flank me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's how they sound. <laughs> I'm going to get so many emails from Winnipeg. Yeah. I just feel bad for Buff. It's like, come on, you guys. It's a different generation. Be really. normal. Yeah. Be cool, man. Be cool. Not that hard to be it's normal. Not, well, apparently it is. No one knows how to talk anymore, Face. I, I sound like a grandpa. <laughs> All you know how to do is text. Why is it so nasally? I don't know. When <laughs> I make fun of people, I always raise you go up a notch. All you know how to do is text. <laughs> no. Poor guy. I hope he's okay. Do you want to do any uh, predictions for the for the year? Prediction. Yeah, can we have some intro soundtrack music, John? Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. Cue it. Cue it up. This is the story of John, who made some predictions and got them all right. Wrong. <laughs> Name that song. This is the story of a girl. Try to river. I'm that pretty good for on my feet though to make that up was a song. Really that was good. Yeah. You could you yeah. could have rhymed it if you said wrong. It's an original. I know. 
All right. Did you? I'd love to go back because I think you were calling St. Louis last year. You definitely no. did at some no, point. No, I called uh, Tampa the, Bay. I called St. Louis two years ago. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. I thought you called the Jets. Jets, Jets last Tampa year. Bay last year. Be, and they yeah. were both first-round awesome. exits. All right. <laughs> Give it to me, Tim. Let's start with the Calder. What is that? Rookie of the Year. That will be Kaka. Kaka, 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 Kaka. He's sick. Have you seen this? Is he season? sick? What's yeah. wrong with him? No, he's, he's nasty. chest cold. Oh, I've not seen any video of him. I just like his name. He's really good. Because his goal calls are going to be epic. Kaka Yeah. It's going to be so great. Yeah. Hughes will be good, though. But I do think Kaka will Kaka. be the king of New York. If he gets How on the first line, Capo Kako. What is it? Capo Kako. Capo Kako. Oh, boy. Yeah. The, the marketing possibilities. Ooh. Yeah. Through the roof. Through yeah. the roof. Want a coffee from Kaka? Come on down. <laughs> Capo Kopke. He's selling birdseed. <laughs> yes. Kaka. Kaka Tuesdays. Calder. Calder to Kaka. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Hughes. That's the only other rookie I know. I don't think Kirby Doc's going to make the team for uh, Chicago. Chicago is smart with their rookies. If he's not going to have an impact and play some big minutes, what's the point? Yeah. Don't burn a year of his contract. Don't stunt his growth. I love it. I love what they're doing. Kaka. Next is Selkie, defensive forward. Defensive forward, one of the boringest awards that they uh, award. Will go to Pavel Datsuk. <laughs> is he not in the league anymore? No, he's not. If it should go to the best defensive forward, see, this is where I have a difference with people. I feel like the forward who is the best defensive forward is the guy who has the puck on his stick a lot because you're not letting the other team get the puck. You know what I mean? It's That's not good. the guy who can be good in his, his defensive zone. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? If you're in, def- if you're in your defensive zone a lot, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, this guy blocks a ton of shots. Yeah, because he's probably terrible with the puck. <laughs> so I think the Selkie will go to my man, Kuznetsov. Washington does he, Capitals. Does he play any defense? But he has the puck on his stick all the time. Sure. But he won't win it. It'll go to, like, Taser. Yeah, it's, it's always the same names. Barkov, Bergeron, Bergeron Taze, Kopitar. Yeah. Yeah, lame. Yeah. K- Kuznetsov. Norris. That will go to... Oh, man, there's so many so many good defensemen out there. I think it will go to Hedmond. I think he's due. He's so good. He is good. I think Tampa will have another great year, and I think he's due. He's the next on the list who hasn't won one. That's a good pick. And he has been in the running for the last two or three years now, so... I think the people who vote will give him the Norris this year. Chuck Norris. Yeah, okay. Uh, Vezina? Imagine if Chuck Norris presented the Norris every year. Handed out the trophy. How great would that be? How are they not done that? I know. And then do some kind of fun Chuck Norris thing. What were all his things? Chuck all Norris. the Chuck Norris jokes? Yes. Like, yeah. Did you hear Chuck Norris died yesterday? He's fine now, though. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Weisberger, everybody. I love oh, it. Okay. Comedian and a magician. It's so good. All right. What, what's next? Um, goalie. Vezina. That will go to... Oh, my word. So you have to pick a good team mm. who has a decent defense in front of them. Who's Jersey's goalie? Kincaid? Corey Snyder. Is it? Is and it? some other guy, but not Kincaid. So not Corey. He's on your fantasy team, though. I saw that. Yes, yeah, back up, back up. He'll be okay. Oh, man. Vasilevsky won it this past year, right? Yeah. I'm going to go with Bishop. I'm going to say Bobrovsky down in Florida. 
I'd love to yeah. see him win. Want to bet breakfast on it? <laughs> no. Chicken. Hart, MVP. Taylor Hall. Ooh. I think he's in for a big year. I think he's going to have a big one. Yeah. They're going to be a fun team to watch this year. They'll be real fun. With Subban, PK, Hughes. They got Hughes. Wayne Simmons they got, too. Wayne Simmons. Yeah. Okay, All right, sorry. so Stanley Cup matchup. Who do you see in the Stanley Cup? Whoa, there's more awards I thought we didn't get to. We have to do all of them. We did the Hart. We got Hall. Going to do the Jack Adams, best coach? That's um, going to be the Dallas's coach. Who is that? I don't know. The Dallas. Yeah, I don't know his name. Okay. Or no, who's who is the new coach in Edmonton? I don't know. That is, oh my word, what's his name again? I think the coach for Edmonton. I think Edmonton will have a turnaround year, and everyone will be like, oh, the guy's a genius. I would love for him to, to, have, to have, it, have a good um, year. It's, uh, gosh, Kruger, Ralph Kruger. Is it? Yeah, I think he'll win it. Stanley Cup? Mm. Lightning? Sharks? No, regretfully no. I'm going to go with my picks from last. No, I'm not going to go with my picks from last year. Nashville? I like Nashville. Yeah. And I like the Boston. Devils. Boston. Devils? Yeah. Devils! Like David Putty would say. Yeah, but goalie. They need a goalie. Who does? Devils. They have one. Kincaid. They, no, they don't. <laughs> you just said that. Yeah, Boston needs a goalie too. They still win. No. First of all, they didn't win. Second of all, they don't need a goalie. They get to the cup final a lot. They do. Bruins. Twice. Yeah, that's a lot. Three times. Devils and Predators. Winner will be the Devils. I like the Predators pick. But yeah, they'll probably fold. They always blow it in the playoffs. Renee's had a couple. has been just so quiet there the last few years. Yeah. Because he's in Montreal. Tim, come on. Oh. All right, Tim. What else do you got for me? Uh, that's really it. Thanks, everybody. For watching this episode of Dropping the Gloves. It's good to be back. Tim, what do you got to say? Nothing. You gave me a look. No. So Tim just tried to do a trivia trivia segment, and I answered one question. I was like, this is not going to happen, Tim. And so he's all bitter about it. Bitter. That's why. Maybe we'll just leave it in. I don't even anything, care. Do you got anything grinding your gears, John? Other than Tim's trivia? Not a lot of grinding my gears right now. Yeah, it's a good no. space. It's my birthday. It is your birthday. So I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in a good birthday. Any big plans tonight? We're going to church. Told you. After that? No. Get lit. No. <laughs> Let's go home. Go to bed. I got to drive in the morning to Toronto. Mm-hmm. But anyways, thank you everybody for watching. If you need some fantasy advice for fantasy hockey, please get a hold of me. I'm an expert. I'm in five leagues. I love it. So good luck and God bless. Goodbye.